0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 43 of the Comic Book Informer. We are coming to you on Wednesday. D- I don't have the date. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Perfect. This makes up for my screw-up yesterday. <laughs> it is the 7th, by the way. Yes. We are coming to you on Wednesday, September
1: 7th, the first full day of the DC New 52, and we'll be getting to that a little later. But the first thing we're talking about is Spider Island, right, Roger? Well, hold on. 52 started last week, really, with the Justice well, League but number I said one. the first full week of the 52. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, anyway, Roger, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing fantastic today. So, <laughs> Spider Island. Uh,
0: I know I've been loving it. I know you've been loving it, right? I. You know what? This is. It's just been fantastic. I. Um, I kind of lost a little bit of faith in Marvel <laughs> with their big productions. With with recent big productions, like some of them have been fantastic, or started off great like Shadowlands, but then failed towards the end kind of thing. And then the stuff with Fear Itself, I've not hidden the fact that I have not enjoyed it. That said, I'm not going to keep harping on not liking it for too long because I haven't read everything in it. And I fully intend on going back and reading them all and try to give them another shot later on. So it's quite likely, who knows, in a few months, maybe I'll come back and say, okay, I'm into it now and liking it. I'm, I'll, I'll eat crow, I'm fine with that. But for the time being, I haven't. So this here, though, is just a ton of fun. And it made me think of the Planet Hulk, you know, big bonanza thing mm-hmm. that they did. Uh, and, and that was great. Of course, that was a while back. And so reading this now, I I really, really have been Loving it. And what I love too is that they're not taking themselves too seriously. It's just a fast action popcorn flick kind of experience. And dude, that's exactly what I want right now. And and dude, it's Dan slots, right? Slots are slot. Yeah. Slots. Slot. Yeah, slot. Dude, he can't stop writing (laughs) Spider-Man. They're they have to put something in his contract. that if he decides he wants to write anybody, anything else that he gets spanked. He has to keep writing. He's perfect for that character. Yeah, I can't think of
1: any writer that has gotten Spider-Man better than Slot, in, in at least as long as I've been reading comics. So that, that goes way back. And uh, yeah, he was a big part of you know, the team they had during the brand new day. And just with him taking over uh, with, Big time and just writing it solo. It has been an absolute blast every issue. It can still be serious, but it never loses that charm.
0: Well, it's not just the charm. It's that uh, I don't think that everybody realizes how difficult it is to to appropriately capture a person's voice. And by that, I mean everybody. And I don't mean how they... The, the the way they talk although that's part of it as well but just their their mannerisms the kind of things that they would say and it's something we in if you you read a lot of of books by say specific writers you'll be able to tell whether or not when they're writing in first person whether they get it whether they can write from a, a variety of voices if they're, they're good or if they always sound like the same person kind of thing and Spider-Man has a very distinct voice. Very, very, very. And Slaz gets it. He just gets it, and he pulls it off so, so well. And I think that, like, I mean, I'm quite certain he could probably write any comic book series, but it's almost as if he's so perfectly suited to this one that you don't want to give him a shot at anything else. Just keep him on this. I really love the stuff he did before
1: Spider-Man with... Uh... The, the initiative, uh, the Avengers initiative that came up in the Civil War and Mighty Avengers, when he picked up that title, that was just an absolute
0: blast. But See, getting back to... You know what okay. I love about this? Just want, real quickly, what I love about this is that... For, for new readers, which I'm still a relatively new reader now, I, I've been getting caught up on some huge story arcs and everything, but I still feel like, you know, there's still so much that I've missed. And whereas you have that perspective of specific writers and what they've worked on and all that, I don't have that yet. And what this does, though, is that when you read something like this, it makes you want to go back and read those specific story arcs or periods of time where in specific writers or or artists worked on those. So now I am excited about going back and reading stuff by him in other series. And I and I love it when they do things like that where, you know, a little mini series has done so well that it wants it makes you want to go through back issues. I mean, we need more of that. Mm-hmm.
1: So, getting back to Spider Island itself. uh, So far, we've been through two parts of the actual story, plus the one prologue, which we've talked about previously. Uh, So, issues 667 and 668 of Amazing Spider-Man, we see pretty much all hell break loose in New York, uh, with people everywhere coming up with spider powers of their own, and just not knowing how to deal with it. Of course, you see uh, the jackal and the various crime groups have come together, and... (laughs) just gives all the gangsters and everything Spider-Man costumes and tells them to go nuts. just seeing all these Spider-Men everywhere, all these costumes from throughout the ages, the black costume, the Future Foundation costume. I even saw a Scarlet Spider in there. Uh, And there was even one who's wearing his old wrestling outfit with like the the handmade shirt. It was cool. Just Umberto Ramos has gone absolutely insane on the art and these issues and I could see why he, he took some time off from Spider-Man to focus on Spider-Island, because he's just drawn the heck out
0: of these issues. These look so good. And I've always loved his style. And if I'm not mistaken, he did some of the Civil War, specifically Wolverine, issues. I... Couldn't tell you. I'm to going to go back it. and look because if I'm not mistaken, I, 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 I see the cover of my, my head. If not, the, the styles are very, very similar and it's that over the top style. I mean, when somebody has got their mouth over and open in a scream or whatever, it's this massive mouth kind of thing. Everything's exaggerated and it fits this type of story so well. And the level of detail that he puts into stuff is just amazing.
1: Yeah. So we see all these gangsters just wreaking havoc. And of course, here come the Avengers. So you just get this huge battle of an assortment of the Avengers teams fighting all these spider-powered criminals. Here comes Peter to save the day and promptly get his butt kicked. So they, yeah, I just love that part where they they tell him to leave.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the beginning of the next issue. Yeah, <laughs> it was great because he's getting benched. He's saying like everybody's a <laughs> Spider Man, and here he is getting benched. And uh, but the best scene in there though is when he's saying that, and it's um, uh, Iron is it Iron Fist or Shang Chi. That goes I up think to, it was I think it was Iron Fist. Yeah, who says, No, this is the real Spider Man. And uh and Wolverine smells him. <laughs> <laughs> and says yes this is him plus he had some cherry pop tarts and there's that <laughs> little whisper this is I didn't bring enough for everybody <laughs> I read that and I stopped reading and was hysterical with laughter and and it's again those little things when you can put them into like these action scenes and it, that make you stop and just giggle out loud that really again a testament to Dan there
1: Mm -hmm. And then, of course, that all leads to what has to be one of my favorite comic moments of the year so far. Oh, damn, yeah. When Pete realizes that Spider-Man can't help. He's on the bench. He's on the sidelines. But Mary Jane kind of gives him that little hint that Spider-Man can't help, but Peter Parker sure can. Of course, if everybody in New York has, well, not everybody, but a lot of people in New York are developing spider powers, he can pretend that he's one of those people as well. And he gives that awesome motivational speech just rallying the people of new york to defend their city against these criminals
0: that was so awesome it was fantastic what's funny is that and and maybe i can blame it to just being tired when i read the issues kind of thing or or, are medicated (laughs) but i didn't think of that i didn't think he he could take yeah wow (laughs) so again when you're reading it and it's it was funny because at the same time as you see the little light bulb go over Peter's head in the scenes it's like <laughs> the same thing was happening to me and it was like oh <laughs> and it was fantastic and i loved the scenes later too where some of the uh, the avengers and different people are recognizing peter or are you know seeing mm-hmm. the, just Knowing Peter from the papers and, and other things, not necessarily that he's Spider-Man, the, the blend of the two, and wondering what this kid is doing, rallying all these people. And I just thought it was great. It was the way that everybody else interacted with him as well that made it work so well. And of course that great line from Jameson. It's
1: like Parker with Spider yeah. Powers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just I love the scenes with Pete and Carly. Like, so much of a big deal has been made out of over the last couple years of Pete and MJ, you know, their marriage. And we're not going to get into that because there's a whole lot of anger there. <laughs> but the way Slot is writing Pete and Carly really makes me love the two of them together, especially when they're off doing their heroic thing with Spider Carly at his side.
0: We're finally out doing something together. <laughs> i agree i agree it was it was funny because i have not been keeping up with amazing spider-man nearly enough and now i am i'm going back i'm getting a whole bunch of back issues and i'm going to follow through um but again it's 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 a relationship that i hadn't followed with like through through issues so i wasn't yet comfortable with it but it's when you see, at the very start of spider Allen, where she gets them and she tells him and, oh yeah, that's going to come back and bite me in the ass in a <laughs> moment. And all th- those interactions, you really get to care for her just based on who she is. And then when you see her in here, she's such a stark contrast to Peter in certain ways. It's well written. And, and it is, she does offer up a lot of opportunities for different scenes to, to, to be written that are... I mean they're good for him. He can he can have nice things maybe kind of thing. And so no, she's she's fantastic in this. So
1: we're definitely on pace for a great little mini event going on here. And there's plenty of mystery still to be solved. You now, who's behind this? Somebody is helping the jackal. Uh who is in lab 6? I Yeah, really?
0: I, I have no idea. I can't even come up with a guess at this point. See, I, I was thinking it would be the the anti Venom dude, but then they showed him outside at one point. So it was like, obviously, not him. And it's Subject Six, isn't it? I think that's what they call him. Yeah, because he's in my, Lab yeah. Six. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I, I don't know who it is either. It's, yeah, I'm thinking they're going to keep that in their back pocket until closer to the end. Yeah, and
1: I, I can't wait for the reveal because it's driving me absolutely insane. That being said,
0: I love the scene with Reed Richards as well. Yeah. When they're in the lab, there's there's all these. Like, oh, you know him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's cool because I like the little thing where he's saying too. You, he doesn't always realize that he's, you know, he works with one of the smartest men on the planet. Is, is he actually the smartest? Have they ever said? They're, they're, there's a
1: ranking somewhere, but he's top six. Let's just go with yeah. that.
0: Well, he's he's pretty high, obviously, because he made that little quip about uh, Cho in Planet Hulk where he mm-hmm. was saying he's only the seventh smartest, and that's why he was finding it easier to track him. So obviously yeah. he's, he's he's higher than six by quite a bit. But anyway, so yeah, no, that was a, a nice little scene, which again, there's a lot of those in there. So it's it's well played. I, I'm, I'm really hoping that they, they, they drag it out over a couple of issues.
1: Yeah, and it's really showing that the whole crossover thing with him and the FF, it, they're really using it for good stories too. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to some of the tie-ins we've had going on. And I'm going to start with one that I know you were
0: really anticipating, and that's Cloak and Dagger. And I'm a little disappointed. I am. I Damn it, I didn't bring you with me. Hold on a second. Um, I'm a little disappointed. Now, it, the, I honestly, I, at this point here, I am going to have to revisit the original series to see just how well it held up. Because, I mean, some things just don't. I, I loved, loved, loved the characters before. I've liked them now in the things that I've read them with their interactions with X-Men and things like that. I, I've really actually quite enjoyed that. And so when this was announced, I was like, oh. And, and I bought it. And then I was reading it and was like, okay, first of all, I'm sorry, but I'm really not digging the art in it. At all. I'm not digging the art. At all. Um, and then the story... Again, we we all know how much uh, I have issues with narrative at points. If it's too much, I, I don't like it. You're not doing your job. And this had a lot of narrative, but not just that, but it was blended narrative between the two characters, Cloak and Dagger. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy that. Plus, it kind of fell on cliches at points where there damn near finishing each other's thoughts kind of things. Um, I didn't like the whole church thing, uh, out of left field. I, I understand where it's coming from because I remember things, but it didn't fit here. The whole being homeless, nowhere to go. The whole one wanting to go to the Avengers, the other one not. The whole, the ad in, in New York to, you know, they, they can be hired. All of these things, I really... I I didn't like it at all. And then the whole thing with the fight where they're being brought in, well, they basically are just using cloak as a teleportation device. And then the fight scene was barely anything. You barely see anything. And then she takes off and, and she's going to school. And it's like, yeah, as a first issue in a three issue series, it sucked. I really just didn't like it. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't make any point. It didn't lay, I mean, it, it tried to lay groundwork. And maybe it's just that I didn't like that groundwork or find it particularly interesting. Um, I mean, if this is to drum up interest in the characters so that they could use them in a full, full-time series later on, um, in my opinion, it, it failed miserably.
1: See, I, I'm not quite as attached to the characters as you are. I didn't read much of them back in the day, and just like you, I've seen them around. I I found it enjoyable. I wouldn't say it was good, but I, I'm going to have to counter you here, and I like the art in this issue. It, I just like the style. Emma Rios has a very distinct style, and it just happens to be something that that I'm okay with. I, I like the art in the issue.
0: Maybe it's because I just read the Spider Island Part 2, mm-hmm. and And that art always blows me away. And then reading the other one really just, I mean, it's like going from eating freaking filet mignon and then somebody serving you mac and cheese after. You're going to notice a difference and maybe not be so impressed with the mac and cheese. And to me, that's what it was like the I again, I'm I've looked it over a couple of times. I personally, I don't like the style that much.
1: That's just one of those things that's going to come down to personal taste. Exactly. I know a lot of people who absolutely love it and yep, very a few subjective. people who don't. Yep. All Yep. right. Moving away from Cloak and Dagger, we also had Spider-Girl, the first issue of her miniseries. Uh, Spider-Girl is a character that's just been kind of out there for a while. She's had a series of failed solo titles and miniseries, et cetera. Um, it was cool. Like, I, I've never really read much of uh, this version of Spider-Girl, uh, Anya what's her name <laughs> yeah. but I, I thought it was a good fun issue just a, a nice it, I it, I can't say much more about it it was, it was nice it was fun I enjoyed it
0: I didn't enjoy it I how do I say this <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be insulting and say it sucked because it, it actually didn't but it, it also really didn't accomplish anything. It was just a, a roller coaster ride. And it, I mean, it set up the whole thing with the Kingpin at the end. So, as a, a vehicle to set that up, okay, good. As long as Kingpin is going to play a large role in the actual series as well and not just this. I'm assuming this one's a three parter as well, probably, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it just was. Nothing happens at the beginning to speak of. It's just give some backstory on her. And then it's this, immediately this wasp society, wasp, whatever little hellfire club thing going on there. Um, and then fighting those. And then those guys wanting to, you know, take over anybody that they think has, has been given spider powers. It really, in my opinion, didn't do anything. It was just, I, you know, there, there was, there was no story. No,
1: I, I I I can follow
0: you there. So there's um, not much to comment on. The art was great. I like yeah. the art, but I mean, it really didn't do nothing. I it, I think it's one of those things we're just gonna have to
1: like come back to later once it's over and see how it really ties into the overarching plot. But on its own, it it doesn't do much to sell me. No, but I, 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 but it was still it was still a fun
0: issue. I can't say it wasn't enjoyable. I think that if we had read more of. Spider-Girl in the past and known all of these characters and the society and her interactions with all of them, maybe, maybe it would have been, you know, it would have been cooler because then you're Mm. like, ah, cool. I remember those guys are all look at what's going on now and things like that. But having not read much of her either, I'm reading this going, "Eh, well, whatever. I mean, there's no story. There's no nothing. It's just boom action and no substance. And so that's the big one for me. All right, moving on to one that I absolutely loved, and that was
1: Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Because Shang-Chi has been a C-list character for so long. Anytime he pops up, I get happy. Secret Avengers, I'm happy. New Avengers, I'm happy. Anywhere Shang-Chi comes onto the scene, it's a must-buy for me. And then not only that, you bring in Iron Fist and start reintroducing the immortal weapons. I am absolutely down for this. And it was just a cool freaking issue on its own as well, telling a really interesting story. Uh, we have uh, the Bride of the Nine Spiders, one of the immortal weapons. Uh, Iron Fist is the immortal weapon of the uh, mythical city of Kunlun, and he found out that there were seven others uh, throughout the world. And he's just kind of banded together with them and worked with them to call, to, help, to help out in various places. And they pop in from time to time. And we see this one. She's – I don't really know how to subs- – describe it it's some mystical thing she's basically infested with spiders let's go with that so everything that's going on with spider island is somehow tying into her as well shang chi iron fist start having nightmares about being the spider and killing immortal weapons and just it's nuts it's great lots of awesome action i loved everything about this issue
0: it was great it was fantastic i i also really liked The story a lot I like the character And I I do like that We're seeing a lot more of him There's a nice little write up At the end too Where they were saying That Mm -hmm. there was over 100 issues that ran From 74 to 83 And that of course Was the time period When Kung Fu Like a lot of different Martial arts But especially Kung Fu Was very very popular In in the West And then when that Kind of died off In the 80s Well so did the character Which is too bad Because like they say too The character is someone that it, there, there are no special powers. It's just a man who's just a master at this art. And whereas a lot of them rely on some sort of power that they got. So that's very cool. And I think that he's the perfect one to give spider powers to, because he's talking <laughs> about how, how he's a little envious because it feels so fantastic, but he doesn't want to forget that it's going to go and to rely on what is real to him, which is his art. Um, I, I really loved the writing in this a lot. And unlike other um, series where they talk about what spell is being used or whatever, here they do the same kind of thing, but it's with what attack is being used. And because of all the years that I studied martial arts and whatever... I kind of like this then. So I'm seeing this and I'm recognizing some of the stuff and I'm, I, and I enjoyed it more and the fight scenes, my God, anything that he's in the freaking fight scenes are so beautifully choreographed. It's, it's amazing. And the art is just loved it. I, I it's not as, um, detailed as say the stuff that we saw in part two of Spider Island but that fits with this style there's there's a lot more rough edges you're seeing a lot more of the the pencil and inks and that's a uh, Sebastian Fiumara and John John Lucas and uh, I love the art I thought it was fantastic colors just popped off the screen.
1: Yeah, every page, especially those fight scenes, yeah. Like, especially because the the one character, the the daughter of the nine spiders, she's very monochromatic. She has pale skin, black outfit, and just Shang-Chi with his red and his yellow. It's... It, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, well, I... When,
0: when you're looking at some of the scenes, too, um, where different attacks or whatever are causing, like, it, it almost looks like the light is shining through wherever you mm-hmm. sit and things like that. Um, see, I read this on my iPad, and literally the colors shoot off the screen. It, it was really beautiful. And again, I, we don't have to go on too long about it. Um, I love the interaction between Chang chi and Iron Fist, which we see more in other stuff now, and, and I really like that, that brotherhood type of... Of uh, friendship that they have and um and the fact that it's strong enough that he would leave a fight that he got into against all of the the fake spider-man to go and investigate because he was concerned about his friend so no it was it it was a fantastic issue i think probably the strongest of the ones that i at least read
1: please marvel uh bring us an iron fist shang chi immortal weapons some sort of kung fu series it's time we want it actually yeah you know what i think that would be fantastic and hopefully just like we said with spider girl this drums or er, and cloak and dagger this brings enough interest that uh, maybe that's the path they're going and i really hope so
0: yeah i it's been so long i think that uh, at this point here we're starting to see a lot more of him he had a pretty heavy role in in some of the the shadowland stuff so I would hope that that's their way of really building up interest in him in all of these little miniseries um, so that they can bring out something just on on him or him and Iron Fist, like you said. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on, we have a
1: one shot the deadly foes, which was split into two halves. You had the Hobgoblin half and the Jackal half, uh, basically focusing on the two villains that are really showing up here, at least so far. I'm um, going to start with the Jackal half. even though it was the second part of the issue, just because it's the one I didn't enjoy as much. It was very continuity heavy. If you're not somebody who went through all that clone shenanigans back in the 90s, there's not a whole lot here. It's just a lot of stuff jumping out, Uh, the Gwen Stacy clones, and kind of giving some backstory on Kane, Tarantula, all all that stuff. It it was all right. It was serviceable, but it, it didn't really do anything for me.
0: I honestly, I'm not going to go too long in it because I agree entirely with what you said. I, I had not read those. So I, I, I liked being able to get a little bit more continuity in terms of what's going on and why and things like that. So I'm glad it was there, but it was like basically doing my homework. You know, you, 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 you read <laughs> up on your homework cause you have to, to know what you're doing, but you're not necessarily going to enjoy it all that much. And I'm sorry. I really, it wasn't that good. Yeah. But on the other hand, I did like the Hobgoblin part uh, with finally
1: Robbie, not Robbie, uh, whatever, Junior Robertson. I, don't, I can't remember his first name at this point. Gets his own spider powers, takes on the Hobgoblin, and finally somebody tells off freaking Nora. <laughs> I mean, that, that whole relationship that's been building between the two of them as well as, uh, what's his name, the Hobgoblin guy, Uric. It, it It's finally come to a boiling point, and Nora's just... Kind of always annoyed me, so I, I was happy that somebody finally put her in her place. But then it bothered bothered me that she just turned back around and still being her. I and it's uh it's Randy, by the way.
0: Yeah. And I agree. I actually was I I enjoyed this. The um the the, the story is I mean it, it leads up exactly you know what's going to be happening kind of thing. There's there's obviously because I mean he kind of freaking. Rips his doorknob apart when he's leaving his and so You know what's going to happen, um, but it was fun. It was fun. It was a it was a good choreographed fight scene. It also sets it up so that you know that not everybody is getting the same types yes. of Spider Man abilities because he can shoot out these poison little dart kind of things. So it sets that up, and I'm quite certain we're going to see now that in the 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 main storyline as well, no doubt. So, well, I, one would think. So, so, and, and it does set up the, the whole relationship thing between Randy and her, because again, she's, Nora's not trying to save him. She's more interested in the story. I did love him telling her off and taking off. And I wish they would have either stopped it there or done something differently at the end Mm -hmm. because it was just so fake. I mean, it, it just... It made her seem evil, not just petty, but it made her seem like, I mean, bouncing back and kissing this guy and biting his lip in this whole I'm in charge thing. And it was like, uh, yeah, that you, you were doing so well until the mm-hmm. last two pages. Yeah,
1: it, it was a very disappointing ending, but it was still it was good. I wouldn't say the issue overall is worth picking up, no. uh, but it does have one very important little bit. And that's at the very end of the jackal part when we see him get that little vial. And we're going to discuss what's in that vial for our next issue, Venom Number 6. Venom Number 6 picks up right where that scene in uh, ASM 668, where we see Venom fighting the Spider King on the bridge. And it starts off in that exact same fight scene. He brings the Spider King back to the base, and they're studying him. And Spider King was basically a biological weapon. He went there, got captured on purpose so that he could infect other people with... (laughs) Spider-ness. So just huge breakout scene. Flash is in his wheelchair right now. He doesn't have the symbiote there. It's it's a lot of action, a lot of stuff that's not normal for what we've expected from Venom, at least the last few issues. So it's cool to see them getting back into that big action mode. There's some other cool story stuff in there going back with Flash's father. Not going to get too in-depth with that right now. But we find out at the end how remember I was saying how I thought the Spider King was actually Ben Riley. hmm Yep. It's Steve Rogers. I haven't read it. I know. So it's Steve Rogers. You're, you're spoiling. <laughs> you told me to spoil it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know, but I didn't think
1: you'd actually do it. <laughs> you called my bluff. Spoiler alert, people. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that little vial uh, that, he got, that Jackal got at the end of The Deadly Foes, uh, that was Captain America's DNA. And he actually cloned his own Steve Rogers to turn into the Spider King. So lots of cool stuff there. Of course, they don't know it's a clone, so now they can't kill it. And Flash greatly respects Steve Rogers. So there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Basically, if you've been reading Venom before, it's right on par with where it's always been.
0: Okay, see, when I said you could spoil it, you should have said are you sure? Because this is pretty big. Are you sure you want me to spoil it? And I might have said, Hmm, maybe not. Maybe hold off on that one.
1: Yeah. Sucks for you. Apparently. (laughs) Darth Vader is Luke's father. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. So that wraps up everything we've seen from spider Island so far. A lot of really good stuff. Some okay stuff overall very very enjoyable really liking what slot and the rest of the writers have going on with this event
0: Nothing? you want me to say so oh no i I, huh? okay. I thought you wanted to rip through no i agree i okay. i i think that i mean it's par for the course for there to be some disappointment in tie-ins for anything that we're reading it can't all be amazing because you're dealing with different writers and, and everything else and different stories uh i think that overall that the even though the side one, uh, the tie-ins aren't, you know, fantastic. They're still good, but they're not fantastic. I think that the main storyline is still so unbelievably good that it doesn't matter. It- it'll carry anything with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so um, I think they got some stuff going on in DC, don't they? I, I think there's some stuff wrapping up that just wrapped up and some stuff starting up. Mm. I wonder how That's the right. sales yeah. are. pretty phenomenal from what I've been hearing. We had, of course, last week, Flashpoint number five, the end to the miniseries that we have both been really enjoying. And it's kind of hard to to, to put into terms how I feel about the last issue. Parts of it were amazing. Parts of it were a little disappointing. But let's at, at least start off with the big reveal of, for the whole time, we thought it was the reverse Flash who was responsible for this big disaster. And he finally shows up at the end of issue four, issue five, we get his confrontation with Barry, only to find out that it was actually Barry who caused all of this disaster. In his grief over his mother having been killed, he actually went back in time and tried to change it, and the speed force ran amok and just – totally destroy the time stream and finding out that Barry was the one responsible for this. That was a pretty cool twist. I don't
0: think so. See, I got a problem when, um, whether it's a TV, a movie, a comic book, a a book does this type of thing because, and, and first let me say this. Okay. Let me ask you, was there even a hint of this in any of the tie-ins that maybe I missed somewhere? I don't think so. Okay, see, you can't do that then. You can't set up this massive story and then at the end basically just rip the rug out from under the people and and throw in this complete loop. This whole No, actually, it, this is what happened. Well, hold on a second. You just build us up on this. So no, you can't you can't do that. That's piss-poor writing. That's like painting yourself into a corner. And then saying, oh no, there's a path here. No, there wasn't. You painted yourself into a corner. And that's what this is. It really bothers me when anybody creative does this kind of thing. Had there been hints along the way, I mean, even subtle hints that you'd have to go back and read things and kind of go, oh, even if it's really subtle, I'm okay with it. Even if it's blatant, fine. But just to, to do something like this where you introduce... To, to wrap up something in a ni- nice, neat little package, you kind of just make sh- up. It was all a dream, JR. You know, you can't do that. It's piss poor writing. And it really, I didn't like it. And for a series that I was ranting and raving and saying how much I loved it. And it was fantastic. And for them to end it like this? Oh, dude, I was disappointed. Hmm.
1: Okay. Well we had the big battle going on over in europe and there's definitely a lot of awesome action in here when the oh yeah the revolution shows up when superman finally enters the fray lots of awesome scenes are you kidding when batman
0: puts the sword <laughs> through the freaking reverse flash now that <laughs> was awesome that was that's going to be my background on my ipad for quite a while <laughs> now it never quite reached a resolution
1: However, I, I really don't think it needed to, because throughout all the miniseries and everything, they just basically built it up as an Armageddon scenario, and there couldn't be a resolution to it. Like, there was no way to fix this. Well, so the I'll resolution have, is for Alan to fix it. Yeah. So it, it, I would have liked to see maybe a little more finality, at least between Aquaman and Wonder Woman, instead of just both of them getting punched by Superman. But... The, the way they wrapped up the whole thing in Europe, I was okay with it, with Barry finally realizing he has to fix now his mistake, which led to that great scene with him and his mom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was tainted by that point and a little upset. So as good as it was, I wasn't enjoying it as much just because I was like, I'd kind of at that point put my arms in the air and goes, oh, that kind of thing. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's supposed to be touching and, and things, but it's it, it wasn't nearly as touching because, again, it was just a, a, a cheat, and that ah, pisses me off to no end. See, the thing is, is that had they kind of even alluded to it lightly, then, you know, Batman's death would have meant so much more. So much more. Things like that, like, I mean, it's basically that... Time and place was a sandbox for them to do whatever they want. Kill off whoever you want. Do whatever you want because it's not going to matter once he fixes that time stream. So we knew that. And so... When they start killing off characters and when they, and when they freaking Superman's going ballistic on all their asses and things like that, it's like, okay, good, have fun, rip things apart, do whatever. But it, it happens so fast and it's like, poop it's done. And then, I mean, they, he took a little bit longer with, with Batman dying, so that was good, although still not that much, but enough to, to make it good. Um, but then... It goes into this thing with his mother and with him trying to stop himself in the stream, which, again, should have had a lot more impact. But because it was a sucker punch for me personally, because I so detest when a writer takes that shortcut, I, I wasn't digging it. The whole ending was ruined for me. Yeah, because then we get into total what the crap
1: territory (laughs) with that double page spread of Barry trying to fix the timeline and apparently forgot to take the right turn at Albuquerque because it ain't quite right. Uh, We get this weird hooded woman telling him about how the time stream was split into three different paths where we see the Vertigo, Wildstorm and actual DC universes as the three time streams and how she tells him he needs to bring it together for some impending arrival. Basically, it's beating you over the head of this is what we're doing next year. But it was just like, I, I, it's this is when I really started to wonder whether this was their plan all along or whether they just kind of threw it in at the last minute.
0: I yeah, and see, this is one of those where I wish I would have read more Flash to have a little backstory. Who's this chick? Where's she coming nope. from? Where? Nobody
1: knows. No, she is totally new. This is the first time she's ever showed up.
0: So again. <laughs> <laughs> you, we're going to
1: come, we're going to come back to her later
0: though. When you're, when you're looking at a story, this important, important enough to relaunch every comic in, for DC, that's pretty huge. Don't take shortcuts at the end of that story arc, that mini series. And don't freaking introduce characters that are like, it's again, you're just making up to, oh, damn it. I'm going to have to bleep that.
1: Oh, you got a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just,
1: see, and this is really where I where I'm wondering. Where okay, Johns wrote this cool little flash story he had come up with. DC had their publishing initiative that they wanted to do with their relaunch and the digital and all that, and they just kind of piggybacked onto Flashpoint with that. Like this just seems purely tacked on for the sake of the relaunch. It doesn't add anything to the story. Well,
0: and and once you read. The new Justice League number one too, perhaps again it was just me. Maybe I'm missing something, but there were a whole bunch of me going, what "The hell's going on? What? What's it? What? What?" So, <laughs> it it wasn't as smooth smooth a transition as I'd hoped, or a, as I really, you know, thought it would be. Yeah, it. I, I this more so than the whole Barry thing that's gotten
1: you up in arms. This is what really pulled me out of the whole thing because it it just came out of nowhere and like you said the, the whole barry thing came out of nowhere this bothered me more than that so at least to wrap up we had the scene with barry and batman in their goofy new costumes sure but with the letter how many times have you ever seen batman cry
0: i you know what's funny is that again I I was I was a little ticked off by that point so again so many (laughs) I mean you can have fantastic scenes that are ruined because you're in the wrong mindset now because you read something it was like ah, that's terrible and you you're you're bounced out of the story and it's the same occurs in movies tv and books and whatnot if 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 they can't and in games we've seen a lot too if they can't keep you in there then they failed and so here's what What should have been an insanely touching moment. And even though I was ticked, I'm still reading it thinking like, wow, like really, wow. (laughs) But because I'd already been taken out of the story, I'm like questioning it and thinking, okay, well, I'm looking at the page before where he loses his balance and sits down and I'm thinking, Batman losing his balance and being that emotionally like hit, essentially sucker punched again. Would that happen? Whereas again, if I'd been sucked into the story, which I've, I've obviously made clear time and time again, whether it's with this or games, I allow myself to get sucked right in. As long as uh, I'll suspend my disbelief, as long as you don't take that for granted. And you got me. I mean, yeah, I, I'm there. And so this here, for me, if I'd been sucked in, dude, I I literally probably would have been a tier or two for myself at that point. Because it was well written at that point. But because of everything beforehand, I'm like, I'm questioning it and I'm out. And so for me, it was ruined. The The entire ending was ruined.
1: Some poor pacing, some possible rewrites due to an editorial mandate. Overall. What could I don't, have I don't, I don't, I don't, been awesome. I, yeah.
0: What could have been awesome, like, because you're looking at scenes, if you, if you pick apart the scenes in that final issue kind of thing, you had some really strong scenes in that final issue, really, really strong scenes. And then, but then, I mean, throw in some crap in the middle and it's going to ruin everything that comes after it. And for me, that's what happened, which is too bad because freak, I'm serious. That freaking scene with, when he's reading that note from his father, that, and, and, and I mean, I've written stuff about, you know, men having issues with their fathers and, and things being fixed or whatever. And it, it's gripping and it's, you know, very emotional. And without getting into anything personal here, this would have hit me hard. Okay. This would have hit me really, really hard. And it didn't. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to move on
1: to what came out of Flashpoint, and that's, of course, the new 52 for DC, which, of course, last week got its first issue coming out in Justice League number one. And before we get into the story of the issue, let me just say, Jim Lee is an icon in this business for a reason. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> and I'm this gonna is disagree. it.
0: <laughs> Every page, absolutely phenomenal. And Oh, dude, the, the double page spreads? Like, I mean, when you're looking at some of these double page spreads, it is jaw dropping. It's I I, I don't understand how he can get out issues one one a month when you're looking at some of the stuff. Like, I mean, (laughs) he he can't. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, when you're looking, well, he's going to be with this. I mean, is it a little while? Yeah. Who knows for how long? But when you're looking at the freaking two page of right on the, the the second third page, the one with Batman, Yeah, they'd be the third, Mm -hmm. second and third, when Batman is using his cowl as, you know, to try to glide down and he's being shot apart and there's helicopters in the background and like you got the full city, you got, there's so much going on and it is freaking incredible. And it's funny is because he's, he's ruining it for other artists because you're like, this (laughs) is what comics should look like. (laughs) So.
1: It's really hard to button down my feelings on this issue because on one hand, there's not a whole lot of story here. The characters are very different from how they've been seen over the last several decades. It's a big shift in the general tone for DC. And I I haven't quite come to grips with how I feel about the issue myself yet. I thought it was very enjoyable, a really – a lot of fun – not great story per se. Not great. I don't want to say not great writing, but not what we've come to expect from John's bef- previously, especially you know when Great Lanterns involved. But as far as a good jumping on point for the new universe, a lot of new readers who are coming in just because of all the hype. I think this was a very successful launching issue.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, and I'm, I'm not going to agree with. Anything you've said, the, the story is paper thin Mm -hmm. there, there really is no story. It's all about the characters. That's all this issue does is set up the characters and starts to set up the interaction between the character as well, the characters as well. So you're getting to see how Batman and Green Lantern are going to be working together or not <laughs> yeah you're getting to see oh i loved it dude that, yeah that's-
1: I, the banter between the two was, was absolutely phenomenal. now especially he's like wait a minute you're not just some guy in a bat costume yeah. <laughs> are you and if you look at that panel batman has this little smirk on his face yeah <laughs> like yeah i may be some knucklehead in a bat costume but i could still kick your butt <laughs> well when he takes his ring How'd you do
0: that? Yeah, you're never going to do that again until I need to, or until I want to. So I I think that they made Hal Jordan way too cocky. I mean... You have have to keep in mind, this is
1: now the earliest point in DC's continuity. Hal Jordan has basically just gotten his ring. He's still young, that maverick pilot. The cockiness, I'm okay with. Uh, Maybe he was a little too... I don't want to say flamboyant, but
0: no, well, not even it's <laughs> downright insulting to Batman. Yeah, like I mean, it was, <sighs> it, 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 he was he was Guy Gardner, he wasn't
1: Hal Jordan. Yeah, he he was a little too guy, but I, I wasn't as completely against it as other people were. I think he could have been toned down a bit. Oh, I think a lot, but 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 I know I I didn't want you know modern day stoic granite jawed Hal Jordan. So oh.
0: I, yeah, but. It, okay, let me put it to you this way. I think this does not go with what we saw in the Hal Jordan miniseries that preceded this. So well, Didn't I, have to. It's not the same Hal Jordan. Jordan. Oh, all right. All right, I'll give you that. But even then, I'm sorry, it was... It was. I can deal with the cockiness, but when he starts insulting Bats... Sorry, dude, I don't like you anymore. <laughs>
1: hey, you have to remember, short of the actual Green Lantern origin story, this issue takes place before any other Green Lantern issue ever written. So he has to start off at perhaps a more... A more youthful type of character before he goes through all the development we've seen over yeah. however many. Oh no, no, of years I know,
0: I know it. what you're saying. Yeah. So no, you're right. It was all set up. Um, no story. The whole thing with Vic, it was like. <sighs> Yeah. Really? Just like, hey, kind of. th- this guy's
1: gonna be important
0: later. Yeah, well, it's not just that. They, they they shove it right in the middle. And so basically, up until then, you are in a car going ninety miles an hour. You are clipping along and then all of a sudden the brakes are slammed. Oh, here this here's this story about Vic. Okay, now we're gonna go back again. So you know it's like when you're on the highway and you're clipping along, and then all of a sudden you go through a small town and you gotta slow down. that's what that segment was they should have put it at the end actually as an additional little feature story and just kept the pacing going for everything else yeah like done it as a backup or something yeah not
1: but while we're on the subject of vic i want you to check out uh page 18 of the comic, the very first uh page featuring vic
0: the very first page featuring vic okay
1: all right uh the center panel where the guy's yelling into his cell phone yes Look at the right end of the stands. The right? Oh, the, the <laughs> It's I the hooded chick. Yeah, the hooded chick. Yeah. <laughs> and eagle-eyed readers have played their Where's Waldo, and she's in all thirteen of today's issues as well. So they're they're putting her in, at, at least as a nice little Easter egg, showing that there's something tying all this together. Somebody's watching over the time stream, and whether it develops into anything worthwhile or not, I can't say. But it's a cool little it's there, touch. At least, yeah. And then, of course, we get the ending with Superman knocking out Green Lantern and facing off against Batman, which, hey, if you're going to if you're going to end an issue, that's a pretty
0: cool way to end it. It did. Okay. see, that being said, again, it's um, we're both very clear in terms of how much leeway we'll give a series before we call it quits kind of thing. Um, I actually tend to call it quits earlier than you do. And um, because I'm just not going to blow that much money on something if it's not going to be good. And this had no story. It was all set up, and typically I'm only gonna give you, you know, very mm-hmm. little time for that kind of thing. That I care too much. It has to be story. And yet I saw this, and it's like, oh, dude, I can't wait to buy the next one. <laughs>
1: how many, how many times have we seen the Superman versus Batman feud? But this is the first time Batman's unprepared. Yeah. There's no kryptonite here. There's absolutely no way this could possibly
0: end well for him. So it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. It very, very. I, I can't wait. I, uh, yeah. And, and one last thing again, just to reiterate goddamn, these costumes are stupid. <laughs> Seriously.
1: To a point, um, I, I'm okay with Superman losing his
0: inside out underwear. <laughs> but what's with everybody having the same kind of etched suit? Yeah, that everybody's I don't the know. same. I couldn't tell you that because they wanted this continuity, everybody to look the same and have those nice flare collars. Yeah, but they wouldn't have had, like, I can see that once they're all a, a, a mm-hmm. group and everybody decides to, you know, oh, we're a group now, let's have costumes like freaking cheerleaders. Fine. But when they're initially just meeting, they wouldn't have, they'd have different costumes. That was the whole point.
1: Yeah, I, I can agree there. And how they're saying the high collars, you know, they wanted to... Uh, a regal give look. the look. Car- yeah, a regal look, which again, Bite years down the line after they've been established, sure, but some young kid ain't wearing a high collar, sorry. There's, there's
0: nothing regal about it. It looks like a freaking, you know, 80s throwback where the boys turn their collars up on their t-shirts. Hey, Jim
1: Lee's a great artist. I never said he was a great designer. Oh, a t- terrible <laughs> costume designer. All right. But overall, I, again... It it wasn't the type of issue we would normally praise, but as a jumping on point, as a setup, as what it was supposed to be a big action in your face issue, I enjoyed it, and I'll read issue two, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, exactly.
0: At three ninety nine, it better be damn good for a long time because I'm, yeah, speak, I'm not, Speaking of that, I'm not giving it any leeway because of the price. They said they they were raising the price from the U- DC DC
1: usual two ninety nine up to three ninety nine because it was a jumbo size issue. Bite me, jumbo. Yeah. Pff. Taking out the sketches at the end of the issue, which I'm sorry, I'm while it's nice, count. that doesn't count. This issue was only four pages longer than usual.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's not a buck worth of pages. I I agree. I really was, and that's why it <laughs> it's. It bothers me. It's not just to the point of, uh, well, it's just a buck. No, no. On principle alone, it actually bothers me. And that's why I'm saying they better have a reason for me to buy this. It better be damn good because I'm not giving it any leeway at all. I mean, you can have a bad episode issue once in a while and I'll still buy it. I'll give them some leeway. But it doesn't. This here, yeah, there's that too. But this <laughs> better be good because otherwise $3.99, forget it. I'm not picking it up. All right. uh, On to what else we've been reading aside from
1: DC's uh, ongoings. Uh, Last week, we, of course, covered Planet Hulk because last week marked the end of Greg Pak's run on the character with issue 635. I loved it. I'm not going to say anything more about it. It was a great finale to everything he's done with the character. For so many years, it's been a question of who's the dominant personality, Hulk or Banner. We finally get a interesting answer to that question <laughs> and i'm not i'm not going to go into any more detail i loved the issue
0: i i have it and i'm going to read it based on make just sure you what? read all this
1: stuff before not all the stuff but at least that particular storyline uh,
0: i don't want to go back all right all right i'll find the time
1: but trust me if you read that issue without at least reading the five before it you're not gonna have a clue
0: i, I rarely do let's be honest <laughs> this, is, this is true <laughs> all right what what else have you got Okay, well, on based on your recommendation, I did pick up Wolverine number 14 and read it. Now, okay, here, here's my thing. <laughs> okay, I'm not even playing the spoiler alert. We played it once this episode, that's enough. Um, I need to know, <laughs> <laughs> was there ever any mention of these kids anywhere else because i've read a lot of wolverine stories now i've gone back and read the crap out of wolverine so i i'm not saying i'm an authority by any stretch of the imagination but i've read quite a few of them i don't recall ever reading anything about these kids no but how
1: many how long has wolverine been around how many women has he had his time with but it he, of course it of course stands to reason that there would be a couple little logans floating around
0: no you can't do that see this is the same uh, god damn it i'm gonna have to f- bleep that too um it's the same thing <laughs> Jesus. It's the same thing as as the Flashpoint. You can't just toss something in that wasn't there before. I no, that
1: I, I, I'm going to say this was a good toss in for me as a as a gut shot, not just to,
0: Wolverine, it wasn't. But to the reader. You know what? It would have been a gut shot if we had known about it, if we'd known about it and it had been established. And I'm not harped upon, but at least you know it. And, and there you go. Then that would have been a gut shot. But for something to just come out of nowhere. Oh, by the way, all the people you killed, they were your kids. What? Come off of it. That's not a freaking ending. You, you just made that up. You, you. I don't care if you can prove it or made up DNA tests or whatever. It's it's never been anywhere. Ugh. You, you, I mean, why not just say, oh, that was your mother from another time zone or another parallel universe. You didn't know it, but yeah, she was. You can't just make up crap like that. It was, I, it, it didn't strike me at all. I, I read it and it was like, oh, come on. Yeah. No, no, nope. no. All bad. right. Bad, 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 bad. And what else? Oh, I read the ultimates. Um, I don't want to say bad, bad, bad again. Cause I just did. <laughs> <laughs> um, Really? I I I know once again this is all setup. They need to lay the groundwork. I've already said how I think that it's much better when they hit the ground running versus doing setup. I I'm not a fan of setup when it's at the cost of uh, an entire issue where there's no story. And really, Ultimate's number 1? Mm. If you miss out on it, you're not missing too much. But it had a drinking bear. No, it didn't. It referred to one, but you don't actually get to see him. Yeah, it it was, it was all right. Now, one thing that it did have that I really liked was Thor getting his ass whooped, (laughs) being punched through a freaking window. I liked that. That was awesome. That's actually going to become my new background for my, (laughs) my iPad. That was all manner of awesome. But other than that, there it is. Oh, I'm so putting this as my background. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to put it in the show notes for folks to see it. Um, other than that, pff, it was a waste of space.
1: Yeah. All right. I'm not going to argue there. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move on to uh, today's new releases. And DC has the first thirteen. Well, I don't want to say first thirteen, but their first full wave of number ones with thirteen issues today. <sighs> we have Action Comics. Animal Man, Batgirl, Batwing, Detective Comics, Green Arrow, Hawk and Dove, Justice League International, Men of War, Omac, Static Shock, Stormwatch and Swamp Thing. So how many of those are buys for you, Roger?
0: Okay. Yeah, I think it's more important to say how many were set aside versus how many are <laughs> going to be buys because <laughs> I was really really trying to trim my entire month's list way down. And so out of those, if I'm not mistaken, I got the comic book due to put four aside for me. Um, I did do the action comics. Um, I did Batwing, Detective Comics. I Batwing. Did I do Batwing? I think I did Batwing.
1: I hope you didn't do Batwing. Why? That's one of the ones I straight out of the gate said I wasn't
0: going (laughs) to read. Yeah, well, I'll look at it and see. Uh, Detective Comics, and I think I did Green Arrow. I Actually, I didn't do Justice League International. Now, again, that being said, I'm afraid that what's going to happen is that when I go into the comic book store to pick these up, I'm going to be looking at the other ones. And I'm going to pick up a couple of them. No doubt I will. So I'm still, I want to keep it to a, a maximum of of six. Mm-hmm. And, and
1: And I'll be all right with that. See, for me, action comics, detective comics, and Justice League International are my day my one buys. Yeah. And uh, just going to take my time and see what other people are saying about it. I'm interested in Animal Man. I'm interested in Batgirl.
0: What the hell is the Animal Man?
1: He's one of those old school characters that's been around for a long time. All right. Uh, Animal Man was actually, Grant Morrison uh, reinvigorated him years back when he first came to DC. And it was friggin' awesome. Okay. As much as I've hated on Morrison, that was good. So what's wrong with Batwing? I I just don't like the concept. Let let me let me let me not the concept, but the way DC is portraying it. How how they they're shouting from the rooftops that hey we have a black superhero and it the the fact that he's black is is, yeah not Nightwing. The fact that he's black is coming before anything else about his character, and I'm just not dig. It, it may be very well written, but the way DC is portraying is that, it, yeah, 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 and how they consider Africa just kind of one amorphous area instead of a collection of countries, not not digging it. Um, oh. Men of War, Static Shock, Stormwatch, and Swamp Thing are also on my radar. Uh, again, just really waiting to see what other people are Static thinking shock? of it. Really, Static Shock's awesome, man. All right. All right. All right. Moving on to Marvel. We have Heroes for Hire number 11, Hulk number 40, New Avengers Annual number one, Punisher number three. We've got a couple Spider Island deals. We have the Avengers one shot as well as I Love New York, um, which is a collection of digital shorts that they have already put out with Spider Gato. (laughs) Thunderbolts 163 wolverine 15 x-men number 17 and then from the other guys we have irredeemable 29 from boom and morning glories 12 from image and that's going to wrap us up here a bit of a long episode this week Uh, apologize for the (laughs) length but we we just had a lot to talk about so you said you were going to keep it down you got to be a chatty cathy.
0: that's
1: the problem i I did my best i tried my (laughs) hardest can't expect anything more.
0: I can edit all of your parts out. <laughs> Although I think the, the issue would still be about an hour and a half at least.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to wrap us up here on issue 43. As always, you can find us at comicbookinformer.com, on Twitter at CBinformer, as well as many other places including Google Plus and iTunes. And we'll see everybody next week. I I could just see the day I get a DM on Twitter stuck under desk. Can't do show.
0: Can't do it. Sorry. (laughs) Mike won't reach this far.
1: (laughs) Just due to the large amount of stuff we have to go through, I'm just kind of going to touch on a lot of the Spider Island stuff and we'll, of course, come back to it in more detail. Well, dude, this is going to be like an hour long episode if we go into detail on everything.
0: (laughs) I know what I'm typing. That. Retweet that. And retweet that one. Too many goddamn accounts. Uh,
1: I don't know if you've ever noticed, but sometimes you'll carry on conversations like between accounts. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I don't always answer with the right one (laughs) But I'm assuming that people know who I am And if they don't, well, then they just think that We have a large staff (laughs) 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 Various people answering from different accounts hive mind. Yeah, really, that's basically (laughs) It's for all my personalities is what it boils down to Wow, they're all bastards They pretty much are, yeah I hope it wasn't boring well, you, of course, b- no, I we wasn't don't think it's boring. I wasn't boring, <laughs> I was thrilling to listen to. Shut up,
1: Zombie, <laughs> <laughs>